Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. Welcome to Newcastle's first storytellers. I'd like to say Mirambina Kawiti, Bachi Antin, Telawala Naranga, Wajijuku, Kuri Guris Maris, and Mulumbimba. So I said, welcome friends, come here, all of you sit down and listen as we speak the truth about Aboriginal people here in this place in Newcastle. Thank you for coming, Jake Ridgway. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what are you working on at the moment? So I'm proud Warramar Gamilaroi man. Grew up in Port Stephens predominantly, but spent a bit of time in Dubbo where my mum's from. Yeah, just grew up around Raymond Terrace, went to school there, um... Music has always been a passion and a hobby, but never really took it seriously. I actually got kicked out of my year eight music class because I didn't, I didn't want to sing Screamo. <laughs> um, and like, I listened to it, but you know, I... They wanted you to sing Screamo? Yeah, I listened to it. I listened to Slipknot back then and Avenged Sevenfold and some of the other heavier stuff. But just because you listen to it and just because you can sing doesn't mean you should do it at the same time. And I've kind of learned that as I went along too. So yeah, so... Currently in the whole space of this music career after dabbling in community services and youth work and you know, using my platform now to rub it back into that teacher's face that kicked me out in year eight. And what are you studying at uni? Did you say you're at uni? Yeah, I'm at uni. I just, um, just finished my undergrad for Bachelor of Music and at the moment I'm about halfway through my Master of Creative Industries. So hopefully have that done by the end of the year and I think word has it that I'll be the first blackfella to graduate undergrad and postgrad in the same calendar year wow so that's pretty cool and then just that's a massive achievement it's um it's different a lot of people have been going oh yeah you should like you know celebrate and i'm like i know it's weird for me like i don't want to celebrate because i've seen so many people that i went to school with and other people around that have just done degrees and They've done nothing with it. I'd rather celebrate in like five, ten years' time if I'm still using my degree mm. because then I know I'm getting the value out of it. Yeah. So in five years' time, if I'm still doing music, come hit me up. We'll go out. Yeah, for sure. Is that hard? Like, how do you do both in the same year? I'm just like, what? Yeah, so the graduation within the calendar year, I ended up getting credits because of my previous experience from working in creative industries as yeah. a whole, you know. I haven't just been doing music, I've been doing a bit of extras work in TV and doing some other panel stuff and other projects with other people and just kind of dabbled in a lot. So with that experience and a few uh, certificates prior, just managed to, um, you know, if you don't ask, the answer's no, I asked mm-hmm. and um, got some course credits for some stuff that I've done. So I'm you know, pretty grateful. Take some hex dead away too. So I can't be mad about that. That's right. It's so expensive. Thanks for being part of our story and listening to Newcastle's first storytellers. Always was. Always will be. Find more information about our Aboriginal history via the Newcastle Library History Collection. Why is Newcastle a great place to live and work? Um, Newcastle's different, especially, I suppose, being Indigenous around here. Um, it's provided a lot of opportunity for mob early in the piece. And I think that's why you see a lot of success coming out of Newcastle historically and even so now like got so many people that have like trailblazed industries we've got Uncle Kelvin Kong in medicine cousin Beck Beck Young who's dual international league and union Uncle John Maynard history and what 
his father's done as a jockey, what his grandfather's done in part of being the AAPA. Yeah. With the first organized political group for Indigenous people. Like a lot of stuff has come out of Newcastle and I suppose it stems back to like Newcastle Town Hall was the first place to raise the Aboriginal flag, first government building. So I think the opportunity for us to succeed as people has been there for quite some time. So not only like just being traditionally from around the area, even though I'm just on the other side of the river, Mm. just a beautiful place to be. You know, within an hour's drive of wherever you're at, we can get a bit of country space, we can get a bit of city, we can get a bit of beach life. And and I I just enjoy that. Yeah. Agree. It's awesome. Your music tells a story that communicates an important message. How do you hope to use your gift to make a difference and change the world for Aboriginal people? Damn. It's a big one. It is a big one. To be honest, musically, I'm actually a little bit selfish, I suppose. I know, like, the first couple of songs and I know, like, the social quality of it and the things that it addresses, but I do music because it makes me happy. Mm. And I think... If I connect with it and I can send that out and you receive it, and I feel that makes the difference, and that's the difference I want to make. Like if I can just connect with people and um, you know, convey that story. I got a few like other songs and that coming out, like a bit more poppy than the ones that I have released. And but yeah, initially it's just telling a story and being happy with what I do, not only musically but just in life. And I think everything just kind of falls into place if those things are right. Mm. Do you have a favourite place where you get your inspiration from? Oh, probably the beach. I'm not going to tell you which one because <laughs> I just like keep that to myself because I just like going there when it's just nice and quiet and I just sit back and, you know, just I've got nothing that actually like, nothing that really influences what I want to write because no one's around. So it's mm. it's cool, but at the same time, people influence what I want to write like I'm pretty observant person observational writer and I don't know if you tell me a story I might make a song out of it I just kind of did that with a lot of the stuff I've done like it's it's experiences and observing and reflecting and just writing about that and just putting it out there and I think at the end of the day that's why some of my stuff connects because people have like lived it or they've seen it Mm. and they see the serious side of it or they see the humour and some of the stuff. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where I get my main inspirations from. So what are your favourite beaches? Good ones. <laughs> a bit north of Newcastle. Any beach in Port Stephens, it's home, it's country, and, yeah, it just, it just means a lot just to be home. What are some of the defining moments or opportunities you've had as a musician? Tell us all. Wow. It's getting real deep, real quick. Yeah, i gotta, I got to think back. Like, I've been doing this for a while now. So like six years. My first gig was at the G20 Summit in Brisbane, World Leaders. And to be honest, I was shitting it. That was my first gig. I could not hit a note leading up to it. <laughs> I, I had my teacher at the time, Nathaniel Andrew, just give me like a full-blown psych report. And we're just trying to like work on work on how we can do it because we knew I could do it, but just nerves. But um, They were a real up, thing. Yeah, they were a real thing. And I just ended up having to approach it a little bit differently. Like I started looking at music in the same way that I would prepare for sport like sport was something I've done since I was a kid and it just was something I really didn't have to think about that preparation so I do the same thing with music now like if I prepare well I usually perform well so yeah being out there and doing that gig I think William Barton was on that too who's absolute virtuoso on the dig 
no, X Factor 2015 was a big one. Okay. Yeah, like being able to go there, like I was probably still looking at music as a hobby then or I didn't, I just didn't want music to be a pub yarn, like 20 years time, like could have shot a water yeah. type of thing, you know? Yeah. So um, by going there, I'm like, well, if these people are investing this time and effort in me to be here, why am I not investing that in myself? And I think from that moment, I started taking things a little bit serious. And then the year after, I got to perform with Jess Mowboy at the NRL All-Stars game at Suncourt. It's yeah. 2016. Um, How was that? How was your nerves then? I know. I, th- I feel like I just, um, they weren't that bad then. Everyone's faces are like ants. So you don't have everyone like gawking at you. Like, you know, when you're in a small room, I find that. A little bit more intimidating, but like when you see everyone else's faces, man, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just a different experience. And coming home for the All-Stars, I think it was like 2017, like I just moved back home. First time I've been home in about four or five years and performed with the All-Stars again. I think that was different because so many people traveled far and wide to be here. And then from living in Queensland for four years, it's like I'm seeing Queenslanders on this side. I'm seeing everyone at home on the other side. And because I know everyone, they're trying to all put me off and... Pull the faces. And I think if you look back on the footage, which is on the Facebook page, there's times where you can actually see that I'm just looking up as far as I could because I can see everyone pulling faces and I'm trying to hold it together. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, there's a lot, you know, like Canada, 2018, got to share Bully Man internationally and what that meant for me to share with another culture that knows the experience of Stolen Generation, you know, so... To share that with people that have lived it, that was, I think that was insane because I knew of Stolen Generation, as much as it happened here, it happened in other um, Indigenous cultures around the world too. So for them to convey their story to me and we can share, you know, share stories, like understanding the bully man, like I'm a vessel for that song. It's Marnie's story, but it's many stories from across the country too. So that was unreal and... Probably another one was Con Games, closing ceremony that's just sitting in there. And we, I recorded the tenor part for that about four days prior. Okay. On like short notice. What's the tenor part? So it's just like you've got your, <laughs> you've just got your different ranges of voice. Okay. So you've got your baritone, your tenor, uh, alto, soprano. And I've literally just come in on short notice. Old teachers calls me up and goes, hey, can you come in, record some stuff? Really need you. And we've had some people pull out. Yep, cool. Get there, record it, start doing rehearsals because I'm already down there doing some stuff with Leah Flanagan, Brian Ritchie from the Violent Femmes and a few other guys and I walk out to this rehearsal and then next minute like Uncle Archie is out there and he's doing that and we get to this other little dress rehearsal part backstage, get back on again and he's Guy Sebastian, the Veronicas, Katie Noonan, Emma Donovan, pretty sure was there. Yeah, I know. It was just crazy to be a part of experiences like that. And I think it gives me like that little bit of hunger too, because like, cool, I've been there and I've just dabbled in this little small part and contributed, but I want their spot. <laughs> I want to yeah. be I want to be in their position, you know, like be able to share my voice, my stories and represent our people. I think that's important. Like we need some representation in media and that's part of the, some of the work that I'm doing now with um, my masters. Yeah. You have contributed to Newcastle and Australia's music scene. What would you like to be doing in the future? I think you just touched on it. I know. I think I just want to contribute more. In terms of like media these days and music, I think a lot of people have to be a jack of all trades just to 
just to get known and build more of a profile. So I'm dabbling at the moment and doing some hosting for some video interviews that are going to be out pretty soon. I'm recording two or three other songs that I hope are going to be out this year. Yeah, I just want to contribute more to the scene around here. Like I think if we look maybe like 10, 15 years ago, Newcastle Indigenous scene alone was like so heavy. Like we had local knowledge and then that disbanded but then you had two other great groups like mm. street warriors local knowledge mm. i was street warriors last connection and shani fenwick kirstie lee acres and there's so many like other great indigenous artists around here and i just want to add to that and i don't know i just i just want to be on the, the like that level mm. and continue pushing it and bringing people with me is more important like i i still remember being that kid at nadoc watching these guys perform I'm still that kid at Nadal yeah, watching these yeah, guys yeah. perform, you know. Even when I go out and I'm like on this, I'm like, ah, oh, man, like I'm still a fan of music and being a fan is the reason why I do this. Mm. So I think that's more important. So anyone that I can anyone that I can help or mentor mm-hmm. to get them doing what they love, like that's the most important thing. And I'd, I'd really love to branch out later on this year and start maybe doing some lessons with some youth around here, you know, Newcastle, Port Stevens and empowering our mob to be the natural born storytellers performers that we are because mm. there's so much emphasis on this word shame yeah and we should not have it like we we didn't have a word for that like it was like obviously it's just introduced and all these other systems that made us like feel that way but at the end of the day we just got to bring that confidence back and you know start sharing our art forms traditionally and in a modern context mm-hmm. thanks for listening to newcastle's first storytellers always was always will be access these stories and more from newcastle library's website or app and so what would your advice be for people that might want to start their journey prepare to put the hours in prepare to say yes to everything prepare to hear the word no a lot and be resilient I think something with like us more was like we just know how to be resilient. We've had it for so long. We've had to be that way. But it's easy to get disheartened in the arts industry because you got to understand so many people are doing it as well. But if you believe in what you do, believe in your product and your ability, don't let someone else, someone else's opinion stop you. Mm. This whole industry is based on opinion. Someone's not going to like your song. Someone's not going to like your movie, your TV show. Someone's not going to like it. But if you believe in it, that's all that matters at the end of the day. So just be unapologetic about that and just go about your business and be so good at what you do that someone can't say no to you. Mm-hmm. Good advice. And um, this year's theme is um, always was, always will be for NADOC week. What does that mean to you? Hasn't it always been the theme? Let me put that back Yeah, there. yeah, no, 100%. Hasn't it always been that theme, you know? Like it's whoever is listening to this, like you've got to understand that what countries you are on right now like I might be here on a Wobbicle country but I'm going to go home later on and I'm going to be on Waramai country and I'm going to understand that there's a rich legacy prior to invasion mm-hmm. and I need to honour that not only as an Indigenous man but I just need to honour the rich cultural history that we have in this country and I think that's something that's continually overlooked um, especially within the education system and that's why you see a lot of ignorance um, throughout the country so I think going back and educating yourselves and asking the right questions nicely 
You know, like as mob, if you are interested in a question and you're not indigenous, by the tone of your voice, we're going to understand straight away whether you're open to the answer you wish for. So I think just go in with an, with an open mind and an open heart because these times, like, we've got every right to be upset. We've got every right to be angry. And I feel it's more ta- it's more taxing on us mm-hmm. having to answer these questions, like, continually. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know for me, like, I'm drained. Mm-hmm. I've been taking some time away from Facebook, trying to get, you know, my mental state, my mind right, focused on what I need to focus on. But it's so easy for someone else to ask that question. But when you ask that question to someone, we've also got to unwrap history of mm. intergenerational trauma mm. because it's not just within yeah. us here. Like we're obviously conveying a story that precedes us. Yeah. So the understanding of that. Yeah, and I agree. Like I feel like when people ask me the questions and I give an answer, sometimes I feel like that's a not a good enough answer for them. So then they want to break into it and be like, well, we'll know why. If I'm giving you an answer, just believe that or go Google it because I don't want to sit here and like be angry or frustrated. I don't even want them to Google it, to be <laughs> honest with you. You go and Google some of these questions and it's it's so it's just so wrong. Go pick up a book. Go pick know, up a book from how- John Maynard. Yeah. Go go speak to some of these people who are trailblazing in their industries. Go read books. Seriously, go read Get books. Get informed properly because you're not going to there's only so much you can learn from a YouTube video that like skims over history. Yeah. And there's only going to be so much so much time and energy that someone can really put into sharing their life experience as well as the people that have preceded them. So just go into it with a bit of compassion and understand that you're never going to know what it's like to walk in our shoes. Mm. I'm never going to know what it's like to walk in my dad's shoes, my grandfather's shoes. Mm. You know, like my great-grandfather's shoes even. Like it's times are so different, but I just feel it's – um I feel like the only thing that's really changed – is accessibility. <laughs> like we can walk in the street, you know, it's, I have the ability to get an education. Yeah. Even my dad didn't, like my dad is not even 50 yet mm. and he didn't have a fair opportunity at education and had to go back to TAFE to get his year 11 and 12 so he could move on to other careers mm. that he really wanted to do. So yeah, I just, I don't know, time's crazy right now, you know, if you haven't got it right in over 200 years and 2020 has like brought it crumbling down. Maybe it's time to change the systems that ain't working because if they weren't working now, they probably won't work ever. Mm-hmm. Preach. Agree. Were we s- going to sing? Were you going to sing? Apparently I'm going to sing some songs, yeah. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You cry. I didn't mean to give you a fright. We'll take you to a place where everything will be alright. You don't know where you're going, won't know where you're from. You'll be lucky to hide or even run, but you're protected from this slum.
just a baby they took away Over the hill so far today Don't know my family or where to look I'm just a baby that the bully man took away We'll teach you how to read and write Assimilate from dark to light Your brothers and your sisters are somewhere else To protect you from yourself Hush, little baby, don't you cry White mama buy you a brand new life We'll take you in, your future's gonna be bright A hard life full of trouble Full of nothing but pain Getting knocked down, but getting up again and again don't expect you to understand I miss my family, I miss my land I miss my childhood I never had a chance to feel Cause your protection was never real Just a baby they took away Over the hill so far today Don't know my family or where to look I'm just a baby That the bully man took away 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 Hush my babies, don't you cry Bully man won't come round tonight Mama won't let her babies out of her sight This is Newcastle's first storytellers. Always was, always will be. Newcastle Libraries has an inspiring array of e-learning and programs for you to be a part of. To access them, visit Newcastle Libraries' website or app. I wasn't raised this way I should have known better But the Grimm's knocking at my door See him through the window Times are hard now If you've been what I've been through Tears in an empty cell Hope she's doing well Caught in the crossfire of love Saving my soul for heaven and hell 
I'm not coming home I'm not coming home Gave until her devil I learned to be numb And the poison they fed me It fucked me up Sinful desire Planted by smoke I was feeling all alone that's all she wrote Caught in the crossfire of love Saving my soul for heaven and hell I'm not coming home I'm not Coming home Caught in the crossfire Newcastle's first storytellers. Always was, always will be. If you enjoyed our story, be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen. This has been a Newcastle Libraries Real Production. 